Voices are exotic dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your orifices in your seduction Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. This 20-minute clip is uh, a round table. There's uh, four of us at the table, and we do our best to discuss free speech absolutism. Now, it's brief, and this is one of a series of podcasts where the same four of us get together and talk. There are two others. This one is, like I said, very brief. It's about 20 minutes. I'm going to let us do the talking here, and then I'm going to come in for the final thought afterwards. So let's listen in. I will say this about, just because I wanted to throw this in there in terms of the free speech absolutism, and I think it please it, it speaks to some of what we're talking about already. Um, very, very complicated subject. I've been thinking about it for months. The f- free speech absolutism. absolutism. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I started moving in that direction and then thought, wait a minute, um, some Europeans actually talked to me about <laughs> it, right? Uh, There's our first problem. A yeah. Different view of free speech you know they definitely have free speech there but you know there's some things you just can't do and can't say are, there are you talking about holocaust denial that kind of thing well that sort of thing and, mm-hmm. and others that's right? the same in france is it not people's individual right to dignity right differently than we do mm-hmm. and their laws reflect that got me thinking because yes you have a right to free speech but the person you're talking about when you're talking about an individual also has rights. What about their rights? If you're going to lie about them, I mean, we have libel and slander, but this kind of even goes a bit beyond that. Mm-hmm. What about their rights to have dignity, to have, you know, to be a person and be acknowledged as the person that they are, right? Mm-hmm. Why, do you ha- why do you have the right to say whatever you want to about them, whether it's true or false? And there are consequences to that. And so the point I was going to make are, was, um, what I see lacking in the United States is uh, a recognition that you have the right to say whatever you want, but you better be willing to be responsible for the consequences of what you say. Right. And that's where I see public figures fall down again and again and again. Not my fault. I just, hey, you're offended? That's on you. Offense is taken, not given. Mm-hmm. Well, come on. Really? Then mm-hmm. why do we have anti-bullying campaigns? Right. You know, like, come on. But is that on the is that on the uh, is that on the shoulders of the state to legislate that, or is that to me that's really where social justice shines? Right. You've got you've got. Do you legislate this this speech or this dignity? As you were saying, they have like a. a a law of dignity for people as a, also with a law of free speech. Mm-hmm. They've it's legislated part, part that. Yeah. That, right? Do we because do we like legislate Jones. somebody's dignity yeah. or do we leave that up to the social group to say, look, I know that guy and he didn't do that or he didn't say that and that's slander right. or, or whatever, right? To me, that's where the social justice comes in and says, hey, we know that this person is not the way you're saying they are. And then the rest of us have to sort of ferret it out well, based on the speech that's, that's flying back and, that's and forth. where things get a little tricky, but I'm yeah. talking more specifically about something like Alex Jones calling uh, Sandy Hook survivors crisis actors. Right, okay. Which results in the, in the real-world consequence of Alex Jones's followers stalking and harassing these people sure. so that the parents can't even go to the gravesites of their own children. Sure. 
that's consequences. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones denies any responsibility for those consequences and hides under a free speech mantle. The, I'm merely making the point that both of these things must be embraced if we're going to really have sensible, true free speech that isn't harmful, that isn't that doesn't have, you know, untoward consequences in sure. real life that affect people. Yeah, in, in very, very, very adverse ways. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make that point real fast. I know it's I, totally off topic. No, no, it's, a, it's I, good I, to I'm talk I'm actually about. I'm a mixed minds on this a little bit. Yeah. Um, I might end up gravitating a little more toward Paul on this one a little bit. Um, obviously, what you just said, Chris, obvi- people say things and they can be very harmful hate speech legislation you can imagine swastikas on college campuses there were college campuses where they put like cotton balls as a racist act these are repugnant and I, i'm not saying i would i would support rules for college campuses to do some kind of disciplining for that i'm not making this position that i'm completely against hate speech but i guess my underlying intuition is to be more on the absolutist camp and just start to worry because there, there can be a kind of slippery slope argument that could be made like what to, you know today's preventing someone from putting a swastika what what could be next in terms of the kinds of things that would be deemed sensitive um so i don't know i think I, i'm more inclined to put the onus on those who want to advocate for constraints obviously fire in a movie theater no question about that um I, I say this in small part too because my in my research i find this to be a common thing like this uh rather controversial figure napoleon Chagnon did work among the yanomami and just a very superficial example like his work he defined the yanomami as the fierce people who, who are these who, uh, these are these are indigenous uh tribes that are uh in brazil and venezuela and he studied them he was there for many many years and um he was just condemned because his portrayal of them wasn't what many people would want to believe was was um positive and then it was claimed that people harmed them because his ideas and legitimized taking their land for like gold or i might get the details slightly wrong here it's been a while since i read about this but the basic idea is this claim that we have to be responsible for how our ideas are used in the wider public arena gets me a little bit worried i don't think that's where you were going with that chris but yeah i know i know but it's just i'm a little brush up against it a little bit though i see i see the connection well there are consequences there are consequences to be as i'm a content creator yeah, I've I've made hundreds of videos. I've said a lot of things. Some of them are some of them controversial. Many of them not. I go to great lengths in my talks to make it very very clear. Uh, I don't infer anything about this. That I do not advocate violence in any way, shape, or form as a as a form of protest, as a form of counter you know thought or whatever. Um, I have decried. Uh, destructive cults uh, and and certain other groups um, but I've made it very very clear the entire time that I did not expect, want, need or in any way desire anybody to go do anything violent against these people mm-hmm. and believe me with my background it would be easy for me to do that. Well what if, what if so, even though you said all that what if somebody did do something violent? I have taken responsibility for the potential consequences of my actions by saying don't do that. By saying it? Well Alex Jones yeah. doubled down sure, sure. on their crisis but, actors. I'm not, right? I'm not suggesting he wasn't slimy so in that I'm way. I'm not suggesting that right. every single person who ever says anything has to be responsible for some psycho that goes out and does something based but on... But when you're saying responsible, then what do you mean? I mean that we have to be cognizant of the potential consequences of our actions or our words mm-hmm. and try to approach our positions responsibly. So try to deter the the yes. violence. 
Well, I, 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 I see that, but if off, if there is know? violence committed in, in the name of one of your podcasts, maybe somebody doesn't and like Moonies or something, and they're like... Where you said, don't <clears throat> do that. Right. Right. But then in then what you, way are you, you responsible? Acted, as a content creator, you have acted responsibly. Okay. I, th- I, th- I think the rub on this, though, mm-hmm. is that that we we all probably agree i think paul the first among us that we should do this i mean the real rub is whether the state is going to come in and create penalties for those who do not yeah which carries a huge more kind of greater consequence should they be able to put you in jail i don't know that a state solution is the solution no and i weren't suggesting you were what i was suggesting no right this reminds me of the larger sort of controversy over microaggressions yeah you know just this this question of because how funny are those greg and i were talking about this a little earlier it's just because we can I think from a standpoint of empathy, and, and Greg, I, mean, I don't want to steal your words this morning, but you can, we can be sympathetic with someone, maybe an Asian American who's constantly asked, well, where are you from? What's your you know, background? It can get grading. And sure. actually, you can sort of empathetically understand You're good that. at math, right, Ninja? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, are... <laughs> there's no question about that. But, but when policies will get implemented or even potentially implemented that hold people responsible for how someone feels, that's ir- regardless of intention, Right. I mean, in the case of Alex Jones, the guy's just a, I'm sorry to use a strong word, but a monster. He, he obviously has very ill intention. And, um, but, but many, many people can engage in lots of things without ill intention. So I just would just put out there, we have to be very careful about um, formulating policies based on this idea that I'm hurt by it. Therefore, you're going to have to be punished, even if you had absolutely no intention of harming someone. I, I no, think for from, sure. And I think I'm talking really at the, at the level of suborning crime. Yeah. Right. Right. Inciting, inciting violence. violence. Yeah. Inciting right. violence, inciting harassment, stalking. And then once it's made clear that those consequences are let's connect some dots here between what you said and what they're doing, and you double down. I think that's exactly well, what makes Alex it, Jones a monster. Isn't that versus, what isn't that what Trump did though during his election campaign? Yeah. Where, you know, like there was a you know um, person of color in the audience critical of what he was saying and like people in the audience started attacking him and you know Trump doubles down on him and you know he says stuff like you know back in our day you know we would have you know put him out on a stretcher yeah put him out on a stretcher and he's like get him out of here and like I mean he kind of did I that made the case yeah <laughs> I have made that exact case on my podcast yeah because I did connect those dots with Trump. And I and I and uh, he's, he would be the epitome of the irresponsible speaker that I'm talking about. Milo would be another one. I think I think at the end of the day, though, there's not any teeth for Alex Jones or for you or for anybody else. Like you're saying, you're held responsible, which to me says something happens to you physically. You're you're held to account. You're you're made to pay for something, or you're made to do time for some reason. So is something you say. Even if you say, I don't want you to go be violent, but something you said incites violence. Somebody gets, you know, people get crazy sometimes and they just get a loop in their head of, you know, I got to I gotta go out and, and fight the whatever, right? Who, who, whatever group that you're talking about on your, on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I got to go out and stop them. So they get violent. They go out and do something. Now you've taken, and I agree with you, you've taken the effort to say, this is not about violence. I don't, I'm being critical of their ideas. I don't want you going out and hurting them. But how then, are you going to be held responsible or how then is Alex Jones, let's say, going to be held responsible <laughs> for 
inciting violence in somebody else. Well, I think that's what the current <clears throat> lawsuit that Alex Jones is being brought yeah. forward against by the stand of the parents is going to determine. But that's should that lawsuit right. then be brought against you if somebody in your sphere takes one of your podcasts and uses it to do something terrible, if even if you said no? Thoughts between what I said and that I incited that behavior. Meaning, not meaning you purposefully wanted yes. them to go be violent. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to. I just wanted to really pull that out and hold it up and say, okay, that's what you're trying to say. I mean, there's probably law in this. Yeah, you're talking about actually saying, here's my message. It is a message of violence. We need to go find these people and do something violent yeah, to them. I mean, Alex Jones goes out and says, I, I, I want to, I want to fight Robert Mueller. I'll shoot that money. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he just flat out says it. Yeah. You know? Between this, saying that fluoride makes you gay and that, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so re- a reasonable person mm-hmm. could hear that and draw, if, if somebody were to go, say, try to kill Robert Mueller and yeah. said, I did it because Alex Jones said mm-hmm. this, a reasonable person could connect those dots very, very easily. If I, on my channel, say, do not go hurt any of these people. Mm-hmm. And I will ban you from my channel if you even suggest doing that. Mm-hmm. But we have a problem with these people, and here's what I think we should do. No reasonable person is going to connect those dots. Do you think the speaker should be censored then? Who? Like me, for example? And like you were saying, somebody that incites, scenario. that actually incites violence. This do you think that that person should be censored? I agree with the deplatforming of Alex Jones. So you do? You yes. think they should be? Okay. I, I definitely believe that Alex Jones earned his deplatform. So I mean, what about M- books? Milo got deplatformed as well. What about books? What about them? Well, the Bible incites violence. So if somebody takes that and uses it as a backing, should we should we ban the Bible? That's a very good question. This is where I get a little nervous. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's not the person that incites the violence or the book that inspired the violence. It's the violent actor. If you're the kind yeah, see, and, of and I and I will I will just stop that right there. Well, hold on, let me. We have a lead, we have leaders for a reason. Let me just finish the thought real quick because yeah. I I think we can go there either way. But if you're the kind of person that's going to hear somebody say, "Let's go be violent," and you're going to be like, "Yeah, let's do it, let's go be violent," or you're going to read a book that says you should be violent towards this group, and you think, "Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go be violent." You're not the kind of person we need in society. And we have laws to stop those individuals. Certainly. Right? But there comes a point where you have to start wondering if there are multiple instances of similar violence against targeted individuals or groups based on the words of one person. Sure. You have to start going, wait a second, this goes beyond individual responsibility. Now we're talking about incitement, and that word exists for a reason. Well, it certainly does, but I just, I I worry that, so those frothy, crazy people that want us to go be violent, unless they've gone out and been violent themselves, do we really have any teeth for silencing them? Are they in some sense doing us a bit of a public service by having those violent folks raise their hand and say, I'm going to go be violent because that guy said so, or this book told me to. Now we can at least single them out and say, okay, no, you know, kind of usher them into jail because they're the kind of people that we don't want in society. I'm not saying I want more people to go out and incite (laughs) violence. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there are crazies that incite violence and there are books that are crazy 
that incite violence. Should we really get rid of these things? Is that the answer to censor those things? I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just brushing up against it to see if there's yeah, some totally. truth in here we can push. There's no one-stop solution to yeah. human behavior. Yeah. But who do we blame for all of Germany? And I love going and, and violating. You want to go right into the Nazis? Let's, right do right into the Nazis. Let's do <laughs> it. Let's march down. It's just yeah. An extremist <laughs> example that, for of course, said, a, a, a point to be made. I think it's a perfect idea. Ordinary Men is a book written by Christopher Browning. It's a hmm. study of police forces in Germany who were convinced to go do horrific atrocities mm-hmm. against people in Poland. These were not military people. These were not people who signed up for the military who were all on board. The book was about police regiments in Germany pre and during World War II who were incited to go kill innocent people, mm-hmm. pregnant women, etc. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people. We're not talking about a couple incidents. We're talking about, you know, these guys who went off and killed thousands of people at a go. Mm-hmm. Who do we blame for that? Them? Definitely the people committing the killing. Hitler and Goebbels and these guys. Well, and then by... We connect those dots. Sure. And so I'm just making the point that we can make dot connecting happen to a leader who incites and changes the psychology of people. Well, and then now we can indict Martin Luther, though, too, because Martin Luther wrote the book that Hitler read that he then turned around and wrote Mein Kampf. Who was the father of Protestantism and oh Martin? I thought you were Martin Luther King for a second. No, no, the Christian. He was named after him, unfortunately. But um, the father. I, I have of very little experience in podcasting, but I'm wondering how how long this conversation has endured. I'm trying. To stop. <laughs> I'm, I, no, we can stop. I feel a little haughty, and no, I don't mean the whole conversation. I meant this specific component because it seems like yeah, it I, kept volleying. I'm, I'm kind of lost on it. Back too. and forth there. Yeah, that's fine. That's and, good. And, and that we, we got into a free speech. And and part of it might just one last you little, one last. You wanted to be censored. Yeah. <laughs> I could censor you in the future. I could beep you. One inchoate idea, which is going to come out clumsy. It just strikes me. We do have laws. If there's a conspiracy to commit a crime and someone who doesn't commit it is actively, actively partisan in it. Right. You can have evidence that... Who's the Nazi that really didn't do the killing, but he sent him along? The, the serial killer. You know what I'm talking about? Sorry. Charles Manson. Oh, Manson. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're actively involved in something, you, there's going to be laws for it. Cases like this with uh, Jones, I think part of the difficulty is trying to create rules on situations where you have to make inferences about claims linked to violence, connecting those dots, yeah, yeah, yeah. opens up so much interpretation that can erode free speech right. that we're living in a situation that's like, for better or for worse, there's no perfect legal solution. That's a that's a perfect... Oh, I'm so exactly happy that I was able what to we were trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. no. So that's why we were in It's circles. really a case-by-case basis, well, right? I mean, yeah, I mean right. Charlie Manson needed to go to jail. Regulation yeah. of free speech, and the point I was making was not a regulatory point. It was responsibility, moral point. But we all agree with that, don't we? I hoped so. I mean, all of I us think morally. So. No, and I just wanted to, bu- yeah, I just wanted to pull some more out of it. But yeah, yeah, no, we got off, we got a little off topic. That's okay. That happens okay. sometimes. <laughs> it's never a bad thing, right? I mean, we all, we all have a good time. Greg is a little scowly. Why are you scowling? Are you, are you ready for a nap? Oh, goodness. I'm ready for a drink. You ready you for too, a drink right? and a nap? Too, all, right. Yeah. all right. Are we ready to sign off? All right. So we went back and forth a little bit. I think we pulled out some interesting information regarding free speech. Clearly, the table was divided a little bit on whether or not free speech absolutism is, I guess, absolute or not. I took some notes and jotted down some ideas here, and I wanted to share them with you. You'll notice that during this conversation, I attempted to pull out further information from my guests in order to understand the following. One of my guests had mentioned that he thought that people should be held responsible for what they say. So, for instance, if they incite violence, then they are, they've broken a law, or they should be held responsible for inciting that violence. I point out that when he said that, what happens when you do not, what what would happen if you 
for instance, denounced violence in your speech or whatever, but something you said got the crowd all frothy and they went and committed violence anyway. My guest was using his denouncement of violence in his episodes with his podcast as cover for anything he might say after that. So pointing out that it's very difficult to figure out how people are going to react to what you say. And so it's important to make certain things clear, like this is not to commit violence. However, it does beg the question, if you're a bad actor and you say this is not to commit violence, you shouldn't commit violence, but then somebody does anyway and you actually intended them to, you just said that, how are we to determine the truth value of that claim? One thing that we all agree on is that content creators have a responsibility to speak honestly, that they have a responsibility to learn what the truth is and deliver that truth. And if they're not going to speak honestly, in other words, if they're not going to figure out what is actually true before speaking, that they should put a caveat in there. So for instance, one of my practices is is when I'm diverging or, or taking a tangent from what I know to be true, I will often say, I don't know that this is true. This is just my first thought or something along that line. Now, I point out or I ask, well, what does it mean to be held responsible? So if you incite violence, for instance, what does he mean when he says you ought to be held responsible? My guest then says a couple of things. One is that perhaps you should be imprisoned or that you should be, um, you know, put through the due process of law, that you've com- that you've committed a crime, essentially. Maybe the same as the violence itself, or at least adjacent to it. The other thing is that we should censor. That he agreed that Alex Jones, for instance, in this case, in, the, in this example, should be censored based on the things that he's saying. When I point out that the Bible incites violence, which it does, on multiple occasions, and say, well, th- does that mean we should censor the Bible? Should we remove it from the shelves, or should we change it? Uh, nobody answers. This is kind of where the idea of, oh, but we have a law for this type of thing. You know, we have a law for slander and we have a law for inciting violence, saying fire in a movie theater or whatever the guy says. And that that's where some confusion comes into play. Now, I think it's very obvious that in this discussion, we're not trying to say what actually is, right? That there is a law. We're trying to determine, should there be a law? So stating that there is a law, okay, but should there be? Should there be a law for this? Now, nobody really has an answer for that. And you'll notice in their responses, they say stuff like, well, I guess that's what we'll find out and so on. Again, the question at hand here is, should there be a law against speech? For instance, if you incite violence, should that law be enforceable? Even if you say you're, even if you put a footnote saying, by the way, don't go out and be violent after I say what I'm about to say. (laughs) Is that the answer? We don't really get very far. And I think that's because none of us were really prepared to answer these questions. Certainly the one guest says he's been thinking about it a long time and so on, but he doesn't really have a lot of answers. He just points out that other countries do it differently or that there are these options. And it sounds like he thinks that people should be censored. And it sounds like he thinks that people should go to jail. And I'm not saying I disagree with him. To be quite honest, I was asking these questions and putting forth these examples because I wanted to understand more about what they thought. I'm trying, I'm the podcast host. I'm trying to get them to talk, right? There is a certain feeling I get though. And based on what I have read and, and heard on the topic, that when somebody incites violence, the people we need to worry about the most are the folks that go and commit the violence. The people that actually commit violence clearly are more of a danger than people that incite violence. Because somebody could incite violence and you may or may not be inspired to commit violence. Some people just aren't violent. Other people, you get them in a group of maybe six or more people and they become a mob, (laughs) right? So clearly the people that actually commit the violence are the most culpable for the crime of violence. Somebody that incites the violence, 
that's a little bit trickier of a question. Now, I say a little bit tongue-in-cheek that they sort of did us a favor by getting the morons to raise their hands, the ones that say, oh, I'm violent, right? But there's a little bit of truth to that. Not quite the way I said it, though. They didn't do us a favor. Let's be clear about that. What they did do was they did demonstrate to us that there are people in this particular group that are willing to be violent based on just rhetoric. Somebody saying they should go do something or reading something and then going and doing it. Now, I want to be clear. I don't think it's a good thing to incite violence. And I also don't think that people that incite violence are without guilt of any kind. I think that something should be done. And I think that somebody, there should be some rules in place. I just don't know what they are. And so that's why I tried to bring it out of my audience here, my guests. Now, recognizing the limitations of this venue, uh, you know, after it kind of gets bounced around a couple of times, I drop the subject and we move on. One of my guests mentions this, actually. He says he finds it interesting that maybe this answer, maybe there isn't an answer to this question. Maybe it gets volleyed back and forth and back and forth because there is no real answer to this question. And that is perhaps the case. Perhaps we won't find a suitable one-size-fits-all kind of answer to this question. Perhaps it is the kind of question or the kind of situation that needs to be answered on a case-by-case basis. So for instance, maybe certain parameters need to be met. And then we know, for instance, we're dealing with a bad actor, somebody who is inciting violence and doing so in such a way that they are culpable for the violence that occurs after they speak. Now, one can't help but think of certain leaders, right? So if Trump tells us to go invade a country, and we do, he has incited violence. We're giving him a certain leeway because he's a president. But as one of my guests points out, we wouldn't give Hitler that same leeway. He incited violence, and yet that was against the law very clearly. So again, the lines are very difficult to draw here. One is tempted to just say speech is free. It most certainly is in relation to the state as far as when you speak out against the state. Maybe not, though, if you incite violence against the state. I guess unless you're Trump and it's January 6th, then it seems like you can incite violence against the state and not have any repercussions. So I think we should say this. I think we should say that in future podcasts, season three specifically, we should spend some time discussing free speech. You can send me your thoughts on the matter at earseductionpodcast at gmail.com. And I'd like to put word out there that I'm looking for people that want to have this discussion. And there's a caveat. You have to be learned on the discussion, on the topic. This better not be your first time thinking about it. (laughs) If you can't come up with anything better than what we've already discussed in that 16-minute clip, then don't contact me. Just listen to the people that do end up contacting me and where we go. But honestly, I don't care if you contact me. I'll be able to figure out if you know what you're talking about pretty quickly. But a couple of things to keep in mind. Is someone who incites violence committing a crime? If so, what are the parameters of that? How do we know that what they've done is a crime? How do we know that it's just not what every president of the United States has done pretty much when they command and then see through an incitement of violence, an act of violence. Now, I want to be very clear here. In this roundtable, Hitler gets brought up, (laughs) or Nazi Germany, uh, alongside Alex Jones. Now, Alex Jones is not Hitler, and I don't want people to think that I'm equating the two. Now, when you're at these sort of roundtables, things get thrown back and forth pretty easily, pretty quickly. Things get volleyed all over the place, okay? And to prove a point or to highlight an idea, oftentimes hyperbole is engaged, is, excuse me, oftentimes hyperbole is used. And so things like Nazi Germany and Hitler and stuff get brought up. But we're not equating, or I'm not at least, equating Alex Jones with Hitler. I think what Alex Jones did was atrocious. I'm not sure whether or not Alex Jones should have been deplatformed. I'm not sure really the facts of the case. I I didn't really follow it that closely because, to be quite frank, I don't care about Alex Jones. He doesn't meet my minimum criteria 
criteria for somebody that I listen to and follow. I've spoken about this before. There there has to be at least a certain amount of truth in the claims, like let's say a percentage. And it's a high percentage for me. It's like 90s, 95% of what a person says has to be true for me to pay attention to them, for me to listen to them, and for me to follow them. And when I say follow, I just mean listen to them more than once, right? On a fairly regular basis. Alex Jones didn't meet that at all, ever. And so I don't really know that much about that case. That's That'd be a case, that'd be something I'd be interested in having a long-form discussion about. But I'm not a, at this p- moment prepared to do that. So certainly parallels can be drawn between Hitler and Alex Jones, especially when we're talking about free speech, right? I don't know exactly what those parameters are. We didn't really get into it in, in this discussion. So I don't want to put words into anybody's mouth or anything. But certainly, pram, you know, lines can be drawn. We can relate the two people together, but they're not the same. And I just want to make that clear. Alex Jones committed some horrible, horrible acts of free speech, right? Hitler also committed some very horrible acts of free speech. Both of those acts in some way led to violence. One act in the case of Hitler obviously led to an immense amount of violence. The other, I don't know if Alex Jones actually said go and troll these people or not, or if he he said to commit violence against anybody. I don't know. I, I haven't heard, but he certainly said some things that caused a lot of problems for, for instance, the Sandy Hook survivors. So clearly something needs to be done about Alex Jones. I don't know what. Clearly something needed to be done about Hitler. <laughs> you know, I, I would say uh, we did a pretty good job on that one, or at least we, we tried, right? But again, I want to end this podcast on an open-ended note. Let's think about free speech together. Let's figure out what the parameters of free speech are. If I'm a free speech, speech absolutist, does that mean that all speech is equal and should be treated equally? I don't know. I really don't. And I'd be very curious to find out. Thank you so much. This has been Ear Seduction. Ah!